This is Donna Skogland, and you are listening to The Pleasure Project, episode 110. Right now in The Pleasure Project program, we are talking about self-confidence. As, and as I'm teaching it, I'm really refining my process and helping people build more self-confidence in their lives. And self-confidence is one of those emotions that we all want more of. And it is also one that so many people struggle with. And it's this really important emotion because it's what drives forward momentum towards our goals. And it really allows us to show up the way that we want to show up in different areas of our lives. And I want to just start with defining self-confidence. And I googled this and this was the definition that came up. It's a feeling of trust in one's abilities, qualities, and judgment. So trust in your ability to do something, in your own qualities that you have, and your decisions. And that is different from confidence that we get from being good at something, something that's dependent on our level of skill. And self-confidence, I also think of as believing in ourselves. It isn't based on experience of the past, it's really how we think about our capacity for what we're capable of in our future. And this is something that I am always focusing on because what I've noticed in myself is that my confidence can sometimes be and often is conditional, meaning when I'm winning, when things are going well, when I'm creating my desired results, my self-confidence is high. I feel good. I am positive and optimistic and super motivated to keep taking lots of action. And when I am not achieving my goals, when I'm failing, then I am filled with a lot of self-doubt, which is the opposite of self-confidence. So part of, you know, and what I teach is always things that I'm working on in my own life is how do I really build this as a habit so that it's more unconditional, like creating unconditional confidence that's independent of what is happening and whether you're winning or you're failing or you're in a situation that you want versus a situation that you don't want. When you're in the shitty 50, can you still have a baseline of self-confidence? And there's a quote that I can't remember who said it, and the quote is, you can practice an emotional state until it becomes a neural trait. And I like to think of this as you can practice feeling states until they become more of your default and your normal. And this is a lot of the work that we're doing in the Pleasure Project program, which by the way, you can get on the wait list at the link in the show notes and that next enrollment will be in January. So we have been focusing on creating habits of calm, creating habits of clarity, and now we're focusing on the habit of confidence. And you know, when you don't have this, when, when you really don't create this habit and work on developing self-confidence, you don't take action towards your goals. Self-doubt is often what leads to a lot of avoidance, procrastination, sometimes even numbing behaviors, self-sabotaging behaviors. It really 
keeps us stuck and it becomes this vicious cycle because the more self-doubt we experience, the less we take actions to develop confidence, which means then we feel even worse about ourselves and it just perpetuates. So the way that I think about developing self-confidence is, you know, I really looked at all the different ways we can approach building self-confidence. And I've identified four different areas or ways that we can focus on. And I divided this into kind of the four different aspects of our lives. There's the circumstances of our lives, these kind of external factors. There are our thoughts and beliefs, and those are the sentences in our brain, whether those are consciously created, we're thinking on purpose, or unconscious. There are our emotions and feelings we experience that are a result of our thoughts. And then there are the actions that we take. So I'm going to break down each one of these areas and how you can develop self-confidence in every single one. And as I you know, teach this and we practice this in the program, I'm really distilling these into habits. And really our life comes down to what we do on the regular. It's not the things that we do every once in a while. It's our habitual patterns that we repeat day in and day out. And that is really what creates the quality of our lives and how we experience ourselves and the results that we create. So the first one is what I call embodied circumstance. And this really has to do with some of these more kind of external factors. So there is something in psychology called embodied cognition, which is this idea that how we feel in our physical body and even emotions are experiences that happen in our physical body also affect how we think and obviously our actions, they drive our actions. And so what a lot of what I teach in what I call emotional empowerment is learning how to generate feeling states. And we can do this simply by using our mind and thinking about how a feeling state would feel. So when I think about how we embody confidence, there are certain things we can do with our environment and with kind of the external that actually create this internal state. And this has been shown in so many studies. So for example, studies on body language or even facial expressions simply by taking an open stance meaning if you've watched anyone any athlete cross a finish line they always do the same thing there's a universal posture of winning of success of achievement and that is arms raised chest lifted chin up it's your your body is very open and there is a, a yoga pra a practice or a, a style of yoga called bowspring that I practiced for many years. And it's really based on bringing your body into this state and building up the strength to be in this state. Because in our modern culture, we spend a lot of our lives hunched over, sitting down, our chin tucked down, our shoulders hunched forward, our pelvis tucked under. And this is a very kind of closed posture, which again, has been shown to have an effect on not only, you know, just our energy feeling kind of low and down, but our emotional state. So simply by changing your posture, changing 
what you're doing with your physical body has an effect on how you feel emotionally and even how you think. And the second part of embodied confidence is has to do with what's called enclosed cognition. And this is this idea that what we wear actually affects how we feel. And you can, I'm sure you've experienced this in life, maybe when you have gotten dressed up, maybe for a wedding or an event or a night out, you put on clothes that make you feel good and feel attractive and you stand up taller. You move differently, you walk differently, you feel differently about yourself, you feel good about yourself. So our clothes do have an impact on how we feel and this is something that we can do. We can just take a little bit of extra time with and notice how your clothes make you feel. And our clothes not only impact how we see ourselves, but how other people perceive us. And then there's also things we can do in our environment in what we surround ourselves with simply by noticing the things in your environment and how they make you feel about yourself. So I like to think of creating an environment that reminds you more about who you're becoming than who you've been. What are things that you can do in your environment? So I think I mentioned this in the last episode, like putting flowers, fresh flowers in my house gives me that it's like communicating to me that I'm I'm worth making my space more beautiful and doing that little gesture just for myself to have a a better experience of my day-to-day life. So the second area is what I call cognitive confidence, and this has to do with your thoughts. And your thoughts are what determine your emotions. So confidence and self-confidence are emotions that come from our thinking. So a lot of us spend too much time in negative self-talk and self-judgment and self-criticism and shame and blame. And these all create the opposite of self-confidence. So number one, it's being aware of the thoughts. And sometimes they become so habitual that we're not even aware that we're doing this. I was just coaching someone the other day and she she was just experiencing a lot of shame and a lot of anxiety and a lot of fear and dread, but she didn't even really know why until we started talking and I started coaching her. And she was revealing all the thoughts that were creating all that shame and dread, and she didn't even realize it. So we can't change something until we're aware of it. So noticing, and sometimes again, we notice how we feel, but we don't really necessarily notice why we're feeling that way. We don't notice the th- the thoughts because a lot of them are unconscious. So we need to bring the unconscious into our conscious awareness so that we can identify when we're in that thought pattern and we can be, we can create more of an intentional thought and a conscious thought that allows us to feel better and create a better emotional state. So we can do this as a habit and taking time to consciously look for positive thoughts about ourselves, positive thoughts about our lives, to be able to, you know, when we do maybe make a decision that we regret, we can actually use our own curiosity instead of self-judgment to understand ourselves better and de-shame a lot of our choices. It's like we, we often make things mean something 
negative about ourselves when often we're reacting to an old pattern, an old program, and we simply, it's not that there's something wrong with us. It's just that maybe we have an urge for chocolate, even though we said we're not going to eat chocolate, and we just give in to that urge because we have this intense emotion, this urgent desire for chocolate, and we haven't really understood and learned how to manage urges, how to shift our thinking, and all the things that I, I teach people to do. So it's simply a lack of skills. I think of you know it being a lack of skills and also just being human. We're not going to be perfect. We're going to make decisions we regret. We're not always going to show up exactly the way that we want to. So what do you do? How do you speak to yourself in those times? And it's also cognitive confidence comes from what are you focusing on? Are you focusing on what you're not doing or are you focusing on the wins, the progress, the accomplishments? Are you focusing on what you're lacking, what's not good enough? Or are you focusing on the abundance that you have and how, you know, the things that you do feel good about yourself? So these are all ways that you can create confidence by being deliberate with what you're focusing on and what you're thinking about. The third part is what I call emotional confidence. And this has to do with how we relate to our feelings. So life is 50-50. It's one of the things I teach 50% of the time, we're going to experience unpleasant, challenging, painful emotions. And 50% of the time, we're going to experience positive emotions. So when we're in the unpleasant emotions, how do we handle it? And if you're like most people, you distract and numb and escape and avoid those feelings because as humans, we're wired to do that. We are wired to move away from the pain and towards pleasure. But that doesn't create self-confidence. What creates self-confidence is being willing and knowing how to actually address and give attention to those feelings because they are showing up because they need attention. That's why they show up. They are there for a reason. They are communicating. They are messengers. So instead of just avoiding and shoving them away and distracting ourselves, we can actually turn towards those emotions be able to willingly feel them, address them, understand them, and then and only then we're able to truly change them. So it gives me so much confidence to be able to understand my emotions, to understand that these are 90 second waves of sensations in my body. And when I can see them as just that experience in the moment caused by my thinking, then I can I have a different relationship to them. I, I handle them differently. I do different things with them. So I, I actually create a lot of space for myself to feel those feelings. And you know, not always. I'm also human and sometimes I do go into the old default pattern of distracting or avoiding, but it is something that I'm working on and continuously getting better and better at. It's also being able to generate intentional feeling states. So in, in the same way that we can generate thoughts, we can decide, okay, what do, what are thoughts that I want to think instead? Our brain can find those thoughts. We can also do that with emotions. How do I want to feel? How can I actually feel that way now? And we can do this. We can, and it's really important that you are neutral first. So if you're feeling really, if you're having, uh, let's say, a, a 
an unpleasant or negative emotional state, it's really, you can't move from a negative state to a positive state. You've got to move through a neutral state first. So this is where a lot of emotional regulation and nervous system regulation tools come in. So you create that blank slate first, and then you can generate the feeling states that you want to feel. But it's, you've got to wipe the slate clean first. And there's also the confidence that comes from when we really allow ourselves to dream and to think about a life we want and to go into the future and live there and experience the the joy that we imagine that would be like. And that, I don't know if that's necessarily self-confidence, but that is a way that we can generate positive emotions. And then the final one is experiential confidence that comes from our actions. So there's a few different ways we do this. I think number one way to increase your self-confidence is to build a skill of what I call calendar integrity. Being able to, number one, make plans and make decisions in advance that align with your goals and your intentions and your values. And number two, actually follow through on those plans. Do what you say you're going to do. And when you have that, when you build that capacity, that skill, that habit, that gives you so much self-confidence because you know, you believe yourself when you tell yourself you're going to do something versus what a lot of people do is they kind of make loose plans or intentions and they don't follow through. And that is definitely something that would erode self-confidence. So that's number one. Number two is being willing to take bold, courageous action. And this is something we're doing in the Pleasure Project program right now, very intentionally, with a challenge of getting out of our comfort zone in service of our goals. So again, humans don't want to do this because we don't like uncertainty, we don't like discomfort, and scary things are both of those things. So it goes against our programming and our kind of primitive brain that wants to just stay in the comfort zone, but that doesn't create growth, that doesn't lead us towards our goals. So being willing to to take actions, take risks and be bold creates a lot of self-confidence. The third way we can do this is with just building habits and doing that slowly incrementally with small wins. So deciding on a change that you want to make and and slowly progressively increasing your ability to do that thing. And that's that builds the confidence that comes from getting good at something and the competence. So these are all ways that we can develop more self-confidence. So I'll recap briefly, but if you want to do this work, if you want to be walk through this work and practice it in community, in a group, I highly encourage you to get on the waitlist for the Pleasure Project program. So again, that starts in January of 2024, and we do this work together, and it's not just about understanding this stuff logically, intellectually, it's actually about doing this in your day-to-day life. So number one is embodied confidence. And this can be created by simply changing your posture or even changing your clothes, putting on clothes that when you wear them, 
you feel good, you feel attractive, you want to go out in public. <laughs> Number two, your thoughts. Think about, think on purpose what you like about yourself, what you feel good about in terms of your life, what wins and accomplishments you are celebrating. And when you don't, you know, maybe when things are not going well or when you make choices you regret, instead of self-judgment and criticism, you approach it with a sense of humanness, of unshaming yourself, recognizing that you are human and there's a reason why you took those actions and understanding why so that you can learn from that experience. Number three is emotional confidence that number one comes from your capacity to feel your feelings, to be able to turn towards a painful, difficult emotional state instead of moving away from it. Number two, being able to generate the feeling states that you want, knowing that that is a skill and you have that skill. Every single one of us has this skill. It's just a skill that sometimes takes some practice. And number four is experiential confidence that comes from your actions. And this can be created by number one, planning and following through on your plans. Number two, taking bold, courageous action that leads you towards your goals or at leads, leads you at least to growth and learning what doesn't work because sometimes the actions we take don't work and don't get us closer, but we at least we learn from them. And number three, building new habits and working on skill sets, developing skill sets, deliberate practice, and stacking small wins that allow you to progress and create momentum. So that is, those are the four ways that we can increase self-confidence. Like anything, these are skills and you can develop them. And when you do, you actually move towards the life you want, you feel the how you want to feel about yourself, you develop more self-love, more a belief in your ability to achieve anything, and that is, these are some of the most empowering things that you can create in your life, because that's what it's all about, seeing what we can do in this one wild and precious life. So get on the wait list for the Pleasure Project program. And if you don't, don't want to wait until January, you want to work on this right now, book a call to see if coaching, one-on-one -on -one coaching is your next step. And we can work together and create self-confidence in your life. All right. Have an awesome day and I will talk to you soon.